0: Sean Myers here coming to you. This is Wake Up 502, 96.1 FM, the Big X, and it is going down. We have so much to get into, a little bit of old school Tupac above the rim. You know what I'm saying? Uh, pain is the name of that joint. So, you know, got got to get it rolling in the morning, got to have some good tunes. Uh, so, you know, just so happy to be here. Of course, we have, um, you know, a tremendous amount of information to talk about. Uh, the University of Louisville Basketball Cardinals put their first exhibition out there, so y'all know I got to talk about that. I cannot wait (laughs) to get into that. Uh, Of course, we also have uh, a little football, unfortunately, goes down on the road at Pittsburgh. I have thoughts on that as well. Um, and much more. So, you know, cannot wait, of course, if you want to get involved the best way, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Uh, Make sure you go to uh, any of the 832,000 local area Thornton's locations for the best in gas, in goodies, in grubs, snacks, uh, little hot dogs uh, sitting out there on the little rotisserie thing. You know what I'm talking about. So, uh, big shout out to Thornton's and everything that they do. Um, So, um, just, you know... Very very excited uh, to to be here today, uh, to to be with you guys, and to just kind of talk about uh, you know so, so many things. And of course, everybody has been um, wondering uh, about uh, you know the just everything going on with, with the basketball team. It's been a um, constant. Uh, it's just been a constant talking point. Uh, uh, you know it, even. With uh, everything that's been going on, uh, it's just—it's always been something about uh, the, the basketball team. Even with the football team playing well, it's just one of those very interesting things uh, that I have noticed about. Um, Just—I don't know—it's—it's it's been very odd because even like as the football t- uh, season started, uh, I'll, I'll put it to you like this: as the football season started, of course, we were on the road uh, down in Atlanta. Uh, to start the season, and, and it was one of those things where, of course, everybody was excited for the new Jeff Brom era and and all those good things, and, and it was pretty much about football. But when I came back for that second game of, of the season uh, at Murray State, and we had our first tailgate there with the uh, collision course tailgate, shout out to the collision course tailgate. Um, when we went out there, it was just very interesting because I don't know if it's because of me and some of the commentary that i had about the basketball team last year that when i got around uh you know so some of the, the fans and some of the the, the the media folks that they just wanted to talk about basketball with me because you know i had a lot to say about it but it seemed like everybody wanted to talk about basketball and, and you know the, the thoughts about what i i thought they, you know what was going to happen this year and just you know how things were looking and all those types of things, um, but you know, it, it it definitely has been one of those uh, very very interesting uh, dynamics that have that has <laughs> occurred to start the year. So of course we finally get to see. Of course they had the red white scrimmage last week, and then Louisville had their first official exhibition game, taking on Simmons College Falcons um, this past Wednesday. Uh, so it was a chance for everybody to actually talk about and see what was going on with the basketball program. Uh, and I, I will tell you, it was very interesting. Uh, it was very interesting just watching everything that went on went on with the uh, basketball program um, in that very first game. Uh, Haven Harrington, of course, will be along as well, uh, a little bit later on, but uh, and I will get his thoughts on this. But uh, I, I will just tell you what what I saw. Of course, uh, Louisville taking on the, the Simmons Falcons uh, here, local uh, you know program in Louisville. They are a non-scholarship program, um, so you know it's a bit of a different situation, just because um, it's not a um, they're a team that that everybody pretty much knew that this was not going to be a big test or a big challenge for Louisville. Like everybody went into this whole situation um, understanding and knowing that this was not going to be a huge, huge undertaking uh, facing the the Eagles. So it was going to be more about what Louisville did, Um, and and that's kind of the way that I approached the game as I watched it. I didn't get to watch it live, unfortunately. I was running around doing the whole Uh, basketball parent thing, Um, so I I was being a good dad there for, uh, of course, uh, basketball got kicked off, so I was not able to be there live. I had to watch the game um, via my phone and uh, listen to Paul Rogers on the radio and uh, some of those types of things. So I really didn't say much about the game initially uh, just because I wanted to be able to go back and watch the game in long form, uh, watch the full game on on the ESPN app. So once I got a a chance to actually sit down and watch, I was looking for a few different things, okay? And it's very hard to take a lot out of a game where you're playing against a team that's really um, several rungs below you in terms of, you know, th- these are kids that, uh, you know, like, like I said, that they're, they're non-scholarship players. But even at the Division Three level, I feel like Simmons is maybe somewhere between the NAIA Division Three and, you know, a, a, you know I, I don't know if there's a, a, a lower level of, of College basketball interviews or whatever, but they're not like. Needless to say, that they're a, a program that's um, building. They have not had basketball that long, um, so I wasn't expecting much—not much of any size. Um, everybody's kind of small and skinny, so you know I expected for Louisville to go out there and handle their business. Um, now that being said, what I saw out there on um, on Wednesday evening. Left me with some concerns. It also showed me, gave me some insights into some things that I liked. Um, so you know, it was kind of one of those things where it was, a, it was a mixed bag. Um, I, I think clearly, um, the biggest thing that that came out of this, or the biggest revelation, was clearly the, you know, the, the young young guys, the freshmen. Um, the freshmen for the University of Louisville uh, played very well. Um, that, that's one thing that definitely give them a lot of uh, credit and credence uh, was, you know, what, what they were able to go out there, uh, you know, Curtis Williams, uh, that young man, I, I guess I, I can start with him just because I really uh, enjoyed what I saw from him out there. Curtis Williams, the young guy from Michigan, he was the number one player uh, in the state of Michigan, um, you know, came out there and really uh, really played well. And this is this is one of the things that I thought was, very interesting about this game is that Curtis Williams, when I looked at him, um, he was a young man that coming in, I think he was rated, you know, in your top 75, top 80, um, you know, kind of a similar spot to where Devin Ree was, um, you know, and, and for him to come in and play as well as he did uh, was impressive. I I was very, very impressed with uh, his intelligence on the court. Showed a very high basketball IQ. Um, Of course, he shot the ball very, very well. Um, You know, Kenny Payne really didn't want to talk about that. Uh, Coach Payne was like, yeah, I wasn't really worried about his his, uh, offense. That wasn't the reason that he got the start. He was more interested in the other things. I definitely see what KP likes in him. I mean, Curtis is tall. He's long, but he's very, very smart. He seems to, uh, you know... Gather what he needs to do out there to help out on both the offensive and defensive ends. Um, it seems a bit uh, advanced in that. So you know, Curtis impressed me. Uh, but besides the fact that he shot the, the ball well, um, he's a, you know a, a decent defender, especially for a freshman. He's got pretty good size. So he was definitely a net positive. A big, big shout uh, you know big, big shout out to him. Um, I was very very impressed uh, with Curtis Williams. I think that he's the type of kid that. Um, can be way better than what we thought. You know, when when uh, I talked about Kamari Lance, you know, Lance was a kid that was rated in the top 30, 35 prospects coming in. It was talked about that he could, you know, possibly be the dark horse, one-and-done type of player and definitely KP's best freshman. Uh, while I don't know if Curtis Williams... You know, I'm not ready to start talking about him being, you know, a possible one and done. But I definitely think the type of impact that they were saying that Kamari Lands was going to have last year, that's the type of impact that there's the possibility of Curtis Williams having this year, just from the limited sample size. But, you know, the one thing I want to continue to say is that um, with the level of competition, I am taking a lot of the positives with a grain of salt. Um, And the reason I say that is not necessarily to throw uh, cold water on the efforts that were given, but just that when you're playing against, uh, you know, a team that can't really do much, there's a, there's a lot, there's the opportunity and ability to get a lot easier opportunities. I mean, this is a game that Louisville should have gone away looking very good in. So just the fact that uh, there are some negatives and glaring negatives that, showed up i expected everybody to play well i expected everybody to have just gaudy numbers and and you know to to put up just some crazy impressive performances i mean i that's the way i was looking i was looking at this as a true exhibition like what we're going out there against um you know name some low level squad you know i I thought they were just going to kind of run up and down the court um and just do whatever they wanted now that being the case um, that's not actually, uh, actually what happened. Now, I, I do want to also um, give a big shout-out uh, to the big man in the middle. Uh, Dennis Evans looked good. Um, he only played about 17 minutes. Um, I, I do expect that his conditioning is going to be something that's going to be a question mark, on top of the fact that Louisville does have some other guys in the post, uh, you know, Brandon Huntley, hatfield and Emmanuel Corfor as well, that are going to be in that rotation. So I don't, th- I don't expect for Dennis to play more than about that. 17 to 20 minutes a game I don't think you'll ever see him play much more than that uh, but in his 17 minutes uh, he was productive nine points nine rebounds uh, you know had a couple of block shots and was a, a pest around the rim uh, the thing that I liked about Dennis is that he runs the court hard and he tries to dunk everything when he gets close he didn't uh, necessarily uh, finish um, everything know uh, yeah, I think he had a couple of times where he went into a hook shot and he ended up getting a foul call. But um, everything came up short, even though he even though he got fouled on the shot. Uh, but I, I like what he you know what he did. He understands who he is and he understands what he needs to do out there. Set picks, roll hard to the basket, um, get the rebound, run hard down the court. Um, those are the types of things. That if he can do that, um, he'll be helpful, and, and that's what I expect to see out of him. I, you know, as I said. I've said previous weeks, this Louisville team is going to win, and they're going to win because of their defense. I don't think this is going to be um, a super high-level offensive basketball team. Um, So, you know, it's definitely going to be about uh, what they do on the defensive end of the court. So with Curtis Williams and Dennis Evans both showing that they have the ability to help out defensively, uh, that's huge for Louisville. They they definitely need that. But Dennis, um, I like what I saw out of him, you know, kind of some of the, the, the reserves besides the fact that, you know, I, he didn't do much outside of dunking the ball. He, he really struggled, even with the smaller Simmons guys, of being able to fight to get him into the paint for position for rebounding. Uh, and even in some uh, out-of-bounds plays where he's just trying to go set up screens to get people open, uh, he really struggled to kind of set the screen and then push his way into the paint. Um, that's going to be where he's going to have his issue, is that, you know, against guys that – I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, the Simmons guys pushed him out of there. So I mean, if the Simmons guys can push him out of there, he's gonna have trouble um, with that. His lower body strength is pretty much non-existent. Um, so with with that, he's going to have to really, really just fight. I think that that's gonna be one of the things where, as he gets older and gets stronger, he's gonna be more of a help. Um, but he's gonna struggle. I don't expect for him to be a high high. Volume rebounder, just because I think he's going to have a tough time getting close enough. I can see him getting pushed around a bit. But defensively, I think he's definitely going to be a positive. Um, So, you know, those were kind of the, the two guys that I was really, really impressed by. Mike James, of course, was Mike James, except Mike James with a better jump shot. He's been working on his J. Um, he was very, very aggressive, uh, in attacking, um, you know, so I, Mike did what I fully expected for him to do, shoot it well, show confidence. Um, and, and you know, th- those are probably the three guys that I was most impressed with. Scott Clark, uh, made good decisions. Uh, he seemed to take the right shots. He seemed to do the right things. He had six assists with only two turnovers. So, you know, I, I, I he was not bad. Um, you know, he didn't necessarily score at the clip and at the level that I thought. He seemed to settle for uh, the mid-range of the three-point shot a lot. Uh, when the jump shot wasn't falling, I would have liked to see him maybe attack the basket a little bit more and put pressure on the defense just to get himself going. I thought he settled for too many jump shots. He shot six three-pointers, uh, you know, as evidence to that. Um, so I, I think with him, I liked what he did. He just did not finish the way I would have expected him to, so he's kind of an incomplete. You know? That's one of those where I'm just going to kind of wait and see more from him, and, and a lot of these guys are going to get incompletes because, like I said, um, with the level of play and the level of team that they were playing against, you just really couldn't take much out of it. I, I look at Trey White the same way. I liked what he did. He seemed very under control. Um, you know, hit four of his five five shots, hit his free throws, uh, was just solid. Um, He was not necessarily super aggressive in looking for his shots. He definitely let the game come to him. Um, But, you know, all in all, he had a solid performance. And those are the guys, those five guys were probably the ones that I got the most insight in, of course, because most of them, other than Mike James, were newcomers. Um, You know, just being able to see them for the first time, Tyler Johnson was okay, Karan Davis really didn't show much of anything. And with J.J. and uh, Emmanuel and uh, even Caleb Glenn, I I saw some things out of him I liked. He showed a three-point shot. He showed he'd been working on it. Both shot threes he took um, looked like they were good, even though he uh, missed one of them. Uh, Did split the free throw line, so he got to work on that, but had a nice finish going to the basket. Uh, Plus 37. He had the highest plus minus on the team, which is uh, interesting. Um, But, you know, all in all, those are probably what the, you know, my reviews of the players, um, that's what I saw from them. You know, like Glenn, like Evans, liked Williams, uh, was okay with Clark, and I liked Trey White. So those are the guys that, and of course I like Mike James. uh, You know, that's one of those that goes without saying. Um, I know what Mike is. Mike is, you know, you just set the clock, and you know what you're going to get from him. Uh, There's never going to be much of any doubt about that. Um, Now. And now I've gotten past the players. Now I can get into the meat and potatoes. Yeah, y- y'all know that. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it real, and I'm gonna be honest about, uh, you know, what, what I see and, and all those types of things. Um, so the things in terms of the team, um, I saw some things that concern me. Um, you know, offensively, I saw, um, you know, pretty much the same shortcomings that, that that I've seen over the last you know you know over that that first season, uh, kind of those same issues have popped up to start this season. And like I said, that's one of those things that uh, you know I, that just really annoyed me. I'll just say it, I'll just say it like that. It really annoyed me just for the simple fact that um, I expected. More uh, from from Louisville to start this uh, to start this this year. You know, it it was one of those things where I really expected to um, see them come out and just kind of lay lay waste uh, to a Simmons team that they were a lot better than, and that didn't happen. And and the reasons for that happening, of course, the turnovers. Uh, I know here on the official. Um, stat sheet box score for Louisville says uh, Louisville had 21 turnovers. I believe uh, on the broadcast they said 22, and uh, they've continued to say it was 22. But regardless, whether it was 21 or 22 turnovers, yeah, they have 22 on here. But I don't know the 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 box score is a little bit off. Come on, Kenny. <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, well, Kenny not, well, Kenny's retired. Whoever's over there doing these box scores. Um, uh, but um, 22 turnovers against a team. The level of um, Simmons that should never happen. Like, come on, like that. That right there is something that Louisville has got to clean up. You cannot have 22 turnovers because you you know too many guys are doing way too much dribbling. Trey White doing too much dribbling. He's a he's an okay ball handler, not a great ball handler. Um, you know, uh, Sky Clark was not terrible. He only had two turnovers, uh, but a little bit of over-dribbling. Curtis Williams, as a freshman, um, they had a few turnovers on there. Uh, but it, it was kind of everybody was kind of turning the ball over, and everybody was kind of not taking care of the ball. And this is literally, um, you know, if not the biggest bugaboo, the second biggest bugaboo for the season. Um, was the turnover. So for Louisville to come out in their very first exhibition game and pretty much pick up where they left off with the turnover bug, um, that was um, disappointing. And, you know, and the fact that the team ends up with 13 assists with 22 turnovers, that's literally what they did every game last year. Bunch of turnovers, you know, horrible assist-to-turnover ratio for the team. Um they cannot get back into that groove. If they want to have any opportunity um, to be um, markedly better than last year, they've got to work on ha- you know, handling the ball, uh, passing the ball more, less dribbling, more cutting and screening to get guys the ball in better position because just dribbling the air out of the ball is not going to work. Uh, so that was definitely – Probably my biggest disappointment is the fact that they just really, really turned the ball over. And the fact you played against the team that you should have been able to physically dominate and look good. This is a game where, you know, there should have been high assist numbers, low turnover numbers. You were supposed to be able to go out there like the, the, um, the, the Trotters versus the Washington Generals and just get this thing done. Um, so I, I was, Super, super disappointed in the fact that Louisville was so ca- casual and cavalier with the basketball. Um, that's one of the things that they're going to have to definitely clean up and get a lot better. Um, you know, got to work on it. Uh, it. It still seemed like there was a little bit of just kind of pass it around and somebody figure out when they have the opportunity to make something happen. There wasn't a lot of screening and then actual set, setting up to play. So the only time I really saw – Kind of de- dedicated offense was uh, a few times out of a timeout and at the very beginning of the game, kind of setting a down screen for the big man uh, Evans to get the ball in the middle of the you know the middle of the lane. I saw that a couple of times, but really outside of that, there was really not a lot of offense to set up shots other than um, baseline out of bounds, where they were able to get a couple of open three-point shots. Uh, I think one for. Uh, Johnson, a couple for Curtis Williams. Um, so they, they ran some nice action out of bounds to get some three-point shots. But other than that, in the flow of the offense, there was not a lot of offense to get guys good looks or get guys uh, you know, where they only had to take a dribble or two to be able to get to their shot. So that's something that's still a big bugaboo that they definitely need to work on. So the offensive execution was still... Um, not where I would have liked to see it uh, for the first uh, for for the first game, so that's something that I'm definitely gonna have to continue to keep an eye on. Louisville, of course, was able to just kind of use their size and athleticism after a really kind of sleepy first. Uh, twelve to fifteen minutes of the first half, they were able to finally get out as Simmons started to get tired and kind of impose their will to kind of push it out. I believe they had a twenty-four to, to one run or twenty-six to one run to end the first half. So they were able to push it out and make it make the um you know make it look a lot worse than it really was. I mean Simmons was right there. It was like a two possession game with a little bit more than five minutes to go. So um, that was disappointing to get started. You know, it's still super early. Louisville does have a lot of newcomers, so um, I will give them that grace. But I'm not, you're not getting much grace because you should be able to go out there and make that team look really bad. Um, and they really didn't do that. Um, you know, like I said, the, the, the ending score I knew was going to be horrid just because of the difference in talent level. At some point they were going to be able to make some things happen. Um, the, the other uh, big bugaboo that I saw uh, was Louisville kind of got ate up in the paint. Uh, and I know the points in the paint, uh, Louisville did win ultimately the points in the paint, which you would expect for a team that's that much bigger and that's more athletic and has that much more size and athleticism. Um, they won the points in the paint battle 36-30. to 30. Um, Of course, a lot of that was the fact that they had 26 second-chance points um, so I'm guessing most of that 36 points came off the fact that they were just kind of bigger and stronger, could rebound it, put it back in. So that's where most of those paint points came from, were pretty much off offensive rebound putbacks. Um, so that number is a little bit deceiving because you're not going to be able to go out there and, you know, pick up, you know, 10 offensive rebounds and just lay the ball back in a bunch of times. That's just not going to happen against high-level D1 competition. So that that paint point number for Louisville – is, a, you know, last to you a little bit just because it was one of those situations where it's just a lot of um, put put the ball back in off the rebound. I don't think that that's going to be something that they're going to be particularly um, efficient at. If they are, I mean, you know, like I said, it's still the first game, so there's a possibility maybe they will be just a great offensive rebounding team, but I don't expect that uh, to be the case. I don't think that Louisville just going to really – uh dominate the offensive backboards like that but we'll see we'll see that that's still a way, way to be seen but you know I, I think against simmons you expect for them to be monsters on the offensive glass to be able to get a lot of putbacks but the fact that simmons was able to get 30 points in the paint and only uh at the most five points they only had five second chance points so they you know put you know rebound putbacks they only had a couple base basically so you know you're talking about at least 25 points in the paint that came off of offense, which basically means, once again, another bugaboo for Louisville from last year was allowing guys to get beat off the dribble and either pass the ball for an easy layup inside um, or being able to, uh, you know, make a play and get to the basket and get a layup. And and that's literally the biggest bugaboo of all the issues that Louisville had last year. Um, you know, defense was the primary, and the po- the uh, points in the paint is kind of indicative. That's one of those uh, uh, stats that you know you really look at, and what the the meaning of that um, is a little bit different than what you think. It's not about okay, they just threw the ball into the post and a guy scored on a jump hook or something like that. That's not really the way the the, the point, uh, the paints in the point work uh, in 2023. It's definitely more about the ability to attack from the perimeter and either, uh, you know, create a pass that sets up a layup or a guy gets all the way to the basket and lays it in. And I saw a lot of that. So, you know, this Louisville team has a a long way to go. They have a long way to go because, you know, the biggest earmarks that caused Louisville to be so bad last year, you know, the the points in the paint, uh, giving up easy buckets in the middle, um, the inability to stay in front of their guy and play competent health defense, um, you know, and, and their ability to get a structured offense to where we could actually see guys move, cut, and, you know, receive the ball where they can attack rather than over-dribbling and turning the ball over. Literally the biggest, uh, three biggest bugaboos that I saw last year showed up in the first game. And considering it was against Simmons College, a team that you should have been able to go out there and play darn near perfect basketball and, and not really have any sort of, uh, you know, resistance that's scary. Uh, that's scary. I'm just going to be honest with you all. I mean, it's a, they won the game. They won the game by 41 points. You have to uh, take it as, you know what, they, they got the win. Uh, they got it done. So, you know, let's just celebrate the fact they won. I hear you. I understand it. But all I'm saying is, yes, they won the game. But when I look at the things that I wanted to see improve to start this year, all of those things pretty much showed up. Badly, uh, just as they did last year. So uh, you know, uh, we're we're going to get into it. Of course, five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. That is the wake up five zero two buzz line. If you want to give me a call, give your thoughts on the basketball team. Who did who was impressing you? Who you who you need to see more from? Um, I'd love to hear that. Um, I'd also love to hear your thoughts on the team in general. If you have predictions, if if you saw enough to say, you know, I think this team is going to go out there, they're going to make big things happen. If you think it's going to be more of the same, I want to hear it all. This is Rashad Myers. This is Wake Up Five Hundred Two. This is the Big X, and we'll be back on Ninety Six Point One FM.
1: <laughs>
2: Rockin', what's up yo yeah, i'm doing the knowledge man i'm trying to get paid in full well check this out since norby walters is our agency right true carol lewis is our what agent well up zakeer and broadway is our record company indeed okay so who are we rolling with then we rolling
0: with Bruck, our rush town manager check this out since we talking over this death beat right here that i put together i want to hear some of them death runs you know what i'm saying and together we can get paid and in paid and paid
1: But sweat inside my hand so I dig it to my pocket all my money spent so I can deep, up We're still coming up to lens, so I start my mission leave my residence thinking how I could
0: Welcome back, welcome back in. This is Wake Up 502, Rashad Myers. Haven Hanson will be along soon as well, taking care of you. The Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. That is rolling along on a beautiful Saturday morning here in the Ville. Uh, the Cardinals are all off, so if any of y'all got uh, yard work to get done, y'all got stuff going on that needs to happen, um, you know, this is the weekend to do it. You know, uh, get get out of town if you need to run around, go, go visit some folks. This is when you do it because you got locked back in (laughs) next week. So, uh, you know, Cardinals are off. So no Louisville basketball, no Louisville football. um, You know, and and as I talked about, we'll definitely get more into uh, the the pick skin a little bit later on. But definitely focusing on uh, the exhibition game uh, that that was the most recent um, happening for Louisville basketball, the debut of this latest edition in the second year uh, under uh, head coach Kenny Payne. Um, so, you know, definitely taking some time to focus on that and taking some time to just kind of discuss what's going on uh, with the basketball program. So, you know, I, and look, uh, <laughs> you all know that, that I have always been, um, you, know, you know, you all know I, I have always been very, very um, consistent in my messaging and very consistent in um, how I go about Speaking, uh, you know, on any anything, basketball, football, and I'm not trying to throw cold water on a new season. I'm not trying to say, uh, you know, that Louisville does not have the opportunity to make things happen. That you know, that, and they don't have the opportunity to be, to be a lot better than what they were last year. I mean, they lost. I mean, excuse me, they only won four games last year. So <laughs> I don't think necessarily um, that's a big ask to be better uh, than what they were last year. But you know, I, I you know, I can only take the data um, that I get. You know, from what I saw in that first game, you know, so kind of some of the big red flags that plagued the team in, in year one under Kenny Payne uh, are the same issues that are that plagued them in the second. Uh, you know, in this first game of the second season as well. And that's where you start to build trends. Um, So, you know, it's still early and there's still a lot to happen. Uh, They, of course, play Kentucky Wesleyan a week from Monday. Um, So, you know, that's going to be their opportunity to kind of right the ship and put a better foot forward. But, you know, when you look at it, it's very hard to judge when you're playing against a team that you just have such a big advantage against and you have such um, a, a big discrepancy. I really expected for Louisville to come out and look really well. Uh, looked really good. I, I thought it was going to be a great game. I, I was expecting to see – the. I was expecting to have those numbers reversed. If Louisville would have came out and had 22 assists and only 13 turnovers, um, you know, dominated the points in the paint without giving up a, a ton, like that was the way I expected it to go. Um, and, and, you know, I don't think necessarily we would have gotten a lot of insight out of that other than, you know, Louisville went out there and took care of Simmons the way they should have taken care of Simmons. Uh, but for them to come out and, and, and not really dominate the game the way they should, they had a super slow start to begin the first half, uh, you know, that lasted about the first 15 minutes of the first half. And they had a sleepy about six, seven minutes to start the second half before going ahead and putting the game away. Um, but it's just kind of one of those things where you um, just, it, it it just worries you because you do want to see a market improvement and you want to see a team that's ready to go ahead and take that next step. And that just hasn't happened yet. And, of course, if you, again, want to get involved, 502-414-1450, that is the Thornton's text line for you to go ahead and be a part of the show. Uh, 502-384-1450 is the Wake Up 502 Buzz line. If you want to give me a call and get on the line with me, um, I would love to hear your thoughts. But, you know, I I think that's that's where we're at. Um, So, you know, needless to say, You know, my thoughts on why Louisville is where they are, um, you know, some of my thoughts why we're seeing kind of these same trends uh, develop. It's still early, um, so I I can't draw any definite conclusions. But I I think the one thing where this team is going to really have to shore up and the coaching staff is really going to have to shore up um, is really just that attention to detail. Um, you know the the, the attention to def- detail defensively especially i think needs to get better um and, and i think it's you know i don't know if that's on the players i don't know if everything has been, explain to the players in practice and they're just not executing because, I mean, you know, the defense really didn't get better as the season went along last year, which was a, little, a bit alarming because normally, uh, you know, with any team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and I don't care if it's, you know, a football team uh, other than Bobby Petrino's 2018 year anyway, um, I don't care if it's a – I don't care if it's a uh, – A football team, I don't care if it's especially a basketball team, usually your defense gets better as the season goes along. Now, your defense still may be bad, but it should at least improve. Louisville was one of the first teams that I've ever seen, basketball team, that their defense actually got worse (laughs) as the year went along. I've never really seen that before where a team just, you know, does not improve and, in fact, Um, gets worse defensively. And that kind of happens because teams start to get data on how you run your defense so they're able to run more effective offense against what you're trying to do. And Louisville really didn't adjust to that and improve. Um, So that's kind of where it was a bit alarming just to kind of see them not really have that uh, counterpunch and to have that, uh, you know, that ability to circle the wagons and, get better defensively and maybe put some guys in some different positions or kind of change up uh, the scheme of what you were trying to run. Um, there really wasn't a lot of that last year. So, you know, the hope's going to be this year that those small adjustments and that attention to detail and much better help defense. I think that that's where Louisville is having the biggest issue because I do think that there's a lot of guys on here that are going to be better defensively. I mean, Mike James was already really good defensively. Um, Sky Clark is, in my personal opinion, a better defender uh, than Ellis. He seems to have a bit more... Um, strength, and he likes to give a, a bit more effort. Tyrod Johnson um, is probably the best on-ball defender that, that Kenny Payne has had to this date. Um, you know, I mean, you know, when you talk about Jarrett West uh, and you talk about some of the, the smaller guards that have played in on previous Louisville teams, he has that type of potential and he gives that type of effort defensively. So I love what I saw from Johnson. The biggest question with Tylar is going to be um, once he starts going against bigger, stronger opponents, you know, Tylar and the, the point guard for Simmons were both about the same size. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of speaks to how small he is. He's small, he's quick, he's aggressive, but You know, how will that defensive pressure, I mean, he'll definitely be able to pressure that 94 feet uh, and really try to get into guys, Um, you know, but I do wonder how his defense is going to stand up in the half court when teams are, you know, when he's facing up against bigger, more physical guards, um, if teams are able to take advantage of that. But no doubt, Tyler Johnson is probably the best on ball defender on the team. So I think overall, the man-to-man defense, I think Trey White looked pretty good um, on defense as well. Um, you know, I, I think overall, I think the on-the-ball man-to-man defense will be better than last year, which is awesome. Uh, Louisville needs to be better in so many areas that I think that that's great that they're going to be better there. But the question is, um, can they be better in helps on help side? Can they be better in rotating defensively um, to not give up the layups or give up the wide open threes on opposite wings when there's, a, you know, attacking off the dribble and the initial guy gets beat? Um, does the initial guy – get just completely blown by like last year and you're forcing uh, help to where somebody has to just leave their man and leave a guy wide open? Or is the initial defender going to be good enough to, at least if they get beat, they're not beat so far that the help can't come, you know, or encourage a pass and then be able to get back to their man without having a full sellout uh, to help over defensively. Like, those are the small things that I'm looking at, and those are the small things that I have questions about on where this team gets better. Um, And, you know, definitely through at least the first game of the year, um, the help defense was still either slow, which allowed, you know, drives to the basket, or, you know, they had to overcommit, and it left Simmons with wide-open shots. Now, of course, Simmons, not a great three-point shooting team, not a great jump shooting team. They were only three of 22 from downtown, but they got a lot of open looks. They got a lot of wide-open looks. Um, and, And those are the same things that we saw happen last year with teams basically getting practice level three-point shots where they were able to step into it and shoot very, very easy jump shots. Um, now, of course, like I said, you know, this team missed them, but when you start playing against, uh, you know, Division One competition, if you give guys practice jump shots, most of those guys are going to be able to make a pretty high clip if they are unimpeded and just basically standing still, being able to line up a shot and shoot it. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, th- those are the things, like, I I don't want to just focus on the negatives, um, because you know there, there were some things and some moments of life, but you know most of those moments were just based on the fact that that, that you know the ville was bigger and stronger. I think with the um, with the, the 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 biggest the two guys that I thought made some nice plays and it was more about their individual ability and potential, uh, being Trey white and Curtis Williams. Like those two guys, the shots they made, how they played. I think that's transferable and translatable, um, you know, to any of the teams that I saw. Um, Play, And I think that the Sky Clark, some of his wiggle and his ability to create space and get the shots he wanted, I think that's transferable to, you know, any of the teams that Louisville plays. So those three guys, I liked what I saw from them. Of course, you know, Mike James is going to be able um, to get out there and and line up and shoot the ball. So, I mean, I I think there were some definites that I know I I feel like I can trust. I believe that Mike James is going to be able to impact positively. I do believe Sky Clark will be able to do that as well as Curtis Williams and Trey White. Now, Curtis, I'm going to give him kind of a wait-and-see still. Like, I'm not going to say guarantee Curtis Williams is going to no doubt be one of the best two or three guys, and he's going to be consistent, you know, 10, 12-point-a-game guy. I'm not ready to say that yet just because he's a freshman, and, you know, we have to see, A, how he continues to develop, especially once teams start to game plan against him, and then, you know, just as the season goes along, does he start to wear down, you know, as a lot of freshmen do in their first year? So there's still way more questions than answers, but, you know, these were basically the um, biggest insights that I had coming out of the first game, and and I'd love to know from you, I mean, are you all um, encouraged or discouraged by what you saw? You know, I I feel like um, I've heard a lot of, uh, or seen a lot of fans discussing and talking about um, their thoughts with this team uh, and, and you know, giving their opinions. and most of those opinions were less than glowing. I think that people loved what they saw from the freshmen and very impressed with the freshmen. Um, but there were a lot of question marks and a lot of people that had some reservations about what they saw. So you know, I, I definitely would be interested in hearing, Uh, from you and and your thoughts in regards to this team uh, and and what their potential is, um, you know, for for this coming year. Um, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to know it. Um, So, you know, uh, just give your thoughts, uh, uh, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line, and 502-414. Three eight four fourteen fifty for the wake up five zero two buzz line, um, but you know th- those are the biggest things. So you know th- I think there's a lot, there's a long way to go. Um, you know I, I think that Kenny is saying a lot of the right things. One of the interesting things that <laughs> that I, I did notice, uh, and, and I didn't really, well, I understood the, his commentary um, the first year um, in terms of talking about the team and talking about. Um, the you know the what the team had to go through and how you know coming off of the uh, the 12 and 20 season you know how some guys were dealing with that and and you know how he you know they didn't really have the confidence and you know the players were basically just sad and depressed and that was the reason why they didn't necessarily play well um you know like I, I saw a lot of that and I heard a lot of that from Kenny but in year 2 I honestly did not expect to hear that much. I didn't expect to hear a lot of that, quote-unquote. Uh, you know, I, I didn't expect to hear a lot of that uh, as part of uh, the conversation in year two, uh, and that's, you know, been the case so far uh, where I, I thought there's been a lot more of that than expected. Uh, let's see who's on there. We got a, a call coming into the Up 502 Buzz line. Uh, caller, you're on there. Uh, who am I talking to? Good morning, Sean. Hey, Wayne, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How you doing? Man, I'm doing all right, man. Just trying to break down this this, this basketball team, Wayne. You know what I'm saying? Got got, got I, some, I got, got some but, thoughts on it? What, what, what you got for me this morning, man? Yeah, before I go, uh, I, I, I got to comment on the football first, and then I'll get to
2: the basketball. Okay. Now, now there was no reason for that loss. I'm just going to call it like it is. That's right. It's all about execution. And like Charlie's to say, you do not put the ball on the ground, period. And Primer and, 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 and being a six-year man, he should know better. Yes. And And, and another thing, I'm not going to blame it on the referees, but it was some questionable calls there. But the thing of it is, okay, you marched down the field. You should have been able to keep that up. Pittsburgh didn't stop you. You stopped yourself. Yeah. And and then and then you and then throwing fifty two passes. That's that's too much. You 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 got away from the run game. They didn't really stop the run game even though you you did have key personnel out. But you keep on running the, the ball until they stop you. Right. And you don't you don't re, you don't revert to the to the pad. And that's that's what I'm gonna say on that. But Pittsburgh I knew it was gonna be a tough game. And and they earned well, I uh I ain't going to say when they really earned the win, but we gave them the win. But after they get through watching the tape and looking at that and they'll see what they didn't do, they're not going to do that no more. I'll put it this way. They better not do it no more. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's the way I'm looking at that. Because they, they got to tell on the team, you know, they, they can still make a nice season.
0: Yes, absolutely. Oh, nice no, yeah, uh, no I, I totally agree with you, Wayne. Still, Louisville still has pretty much all of their – um, goals ahead of them, you know that they, they still want they, they wanted an opportunity, um, you know to have a, a 10 11 win season that's still on the table. They wanted an opportunity to play an ACC championship game that's still on the table. So it's definitely not over yet.
2: Uh, absolutely. So so the goals are still within reach. Yes. Now, uh, I was at the game Wednesday night, and uh, I'm not gonna I can't make a a, a judgment on basically the scrimmage, but what I did see. This team's got potential. They're they're a whip. That that means a whip a, a, a work in progress. Yes. There's some nice pieces out there. I liked uh, uh Curtis Williams. He, that boy's got a tweed jumper. Very nice. Oh yeah. Very nice. And and, and uh and uh, Trey was decent. Mike James was decent, but I liked I really liked uh, Dennis Evans. He's gonna be a fourth. He just needs to get a little bit more weight on him. Yeah, he's got to get a I little stronger.
3: He's,
2: he's going to be a force. And, I, and I, overall, I think if, if they play, and, and another thing, there's no reason for more 22 turnovers to go ridiculous. Yeah. You, you and I could go out and do that. But I, I'll say this. The people the, the, the are going to have a decent season. And what they're going to have to do is execute. They know what they got to do, and yeah. there's no reason not to do it. And, like, try it that boy's quick. I like him. Oh,
3: yeah. Absolutely. He's a,
2: he's a tough guard, real tough, and, and, and plays good defense. But the thing of it is, for this team, Kenny Payne, he's got options this year whereby last year he had to play people. But if you don't play defense, you're going to sit on the bench.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely.
2: Oh,
0: yeah, you, you and, definitely and I, have. You and have reserves.
2: They will see that. Yes, but sir, I'm I'm, I'm gonna let somebody else have it, but I just have to get It's not a red, but you know my observation. <laughs> absolutely, no, it's, it's early,
0: Wayne. It's the first exhibition. We got a lot. We got a lot of basketball to play.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and 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 I know one thing. Those those, those that, that team down the road, especially Bradshaw, this nigga ain't even playing. <laughs> uh, the the all the, the mitigated guard when they play. They got to beat them down. I mean that. <laughs> but I, I, you know that's just disrespectful. Well, you ain't even you ain't even on the court talking
0: slick. So <laughs> talking <is> slick, yeah. <laughs> nah, I but, agree with you. It, you. It, it,
2: it, it's all good. I, I, you know, I, I'm not a hater, but you you know you you gotta have some level of respect. But like like my buddy said. Well, until y'all beat these negroes, they can talk smack.
0: That's true. So hey, so the victor goes to spoils. They can do all the talking they want to. <laughs> of course,
2: could be should be different, but they're gonna have to play. There you go. They I, have to play. Absolutely. But Sean, you know, as always, man, I don't, I don't know who's in the, in the, in the, in the booth with you today. I don't know if Her, Herlin and uh, Tommy yeah. Hayes and and, and uh, Joe, but but you know, you, you there. But anyway, my friend, the very best to you as always. And until we meet again and what we say at the end of the day, go card. Thanks, man. Hey,
0: appreciate it, Wayne. Thanks so much, man. Wayne calling in. Absolutely. No, I agree with I agree with Wayne. Um, you know, the, the freshmen definitely were the guys that excited you the most. And you like to see the fact that there are some young guys on this team um that show some of potential and ability um to be impactful uh in their first year because those are the types of guys that you want to s- see that can, you know, have the potential to be building blocks uh, down the road. Um, you know, so that that's going to be the question, right, uh, is going to be how does Louisville move forward and how does Louisville continue to grow uh, and progress. And you like to see the young guys kind of leading the efforts because if you can get that from them, uh, you know, the hope is, is that you can continue uh, to build on that. Um, so, you know, I mean, it, it's still, there's still so much to play out. There's still so much to kind of, um, unpack with this this Louisville team that you know. I, I think that it's going to be one of those things where we're going to continue to watch this team grow, especially because you have these young guys. And uh, as the the competition starts to stiffen up, then we'll start to get a better idea. But you know, definitely um, a mixed bag in in, in the first um, uh, in the first edition of this new Louisville. Uh, Cardinals basketball team for the 23-24 season. So you know we'll we'll keep that up. But I tell you what, we're going to go ahead. We got our top of the hour break coming. Uh, when we come back, we are get into football. And my big question is going to be: Did Jeff Brown play himself? Did he play himself, believing in Jack Plummer? Uh, is Plummer still the right guy for the job? What does Louisville need to be working on in this bye week to get ready to have to step, put their best foot forward for Duke? Uh, you are listening to Wake Up 502. This is Rashawn Myers, and we'll be back on the Big X. All right. Welcome back. Hour number two, Wake Up 502, Rashawn Myers, 96.1 FM, here taking care of you this morning on Wake Up 502. Uh, And you know what? This is the question. You're Rocky Balboa, a.k.a. the Louisville Cardinals. You just watched your first loss or, you know, Apollo get killed by the Russian. but I digress. You took your first loss and you're questioning yourself. You're wondering, you know, do you still have it? You're wondering, how do you get back on top? How do you shake off losing to Pittsburgh on the road? You might as well have got killed by the Russians. <laughs> but the question is, how do you get back? And that is the question that's going to have to be answered by Jeff Brom, Jack Plummer, uh, and the rest of the Louisville Cardinals as they sit on this bye week, and they're just going to have to stew over what happened uh, up up in Pennsylvania uh, as they did go and lose to the 1-4, now 2-4, and four, Pittsburgh Panthers as they were able to get it done with the quarterback with the funny name. (laughs) Um, I'll tell you what. When I look back and I think about what happened, you know, I I talked about the fact that I was not worried or concerned because, you know, I I understood that Louisville was going to go into the game. They weren't going to beat themselves, and they were going to go out there. And if Pittsburgh won, they were going to have to take it, and they were going to have to do some special things to get it done. Well, you know what? I was absolutely wrong on that. Louisville did beat themselves. Um, You know, Louisville basically just gave Pittsburgh opportunity after opportunity, um, and we didn't really know where our bread was buttered. Um, After a very, very measured and very, very um, intentful start to the year and and thoughtful start to the year by Jeff Brown and the coaching staff, um, this is the first game where I really felt like Jeff Brown got outcoached. Um, and that's, this is something to keep an eye on. Um, I, I just felt like, um, you know, this this Louisville team had everything in front of them. Uh, it was an opportunity. Yes, it wasn't perfect. You uh, had Jamari Thrash. We heard that he was dealing with some things, but Jamari ended up playing. Um, you had Jarrod Jordan that uh, we did not really hear about having any issues. Uh, came out, really didn't get have the opportunity to play only two carries, eight yards. Um, you know, and, and it was a rainy Ugly, nasty monsoon of a game, but you know the way I looked at it, everybody knew it was going to be rainy and nasty out there. This isn't something where the the um, weather kind of changed at the last minute. Um, so I, I really and truly felt, you know, hey, Louisville's a team that has ultimately won because of defense in the running game. So they have a physical defense, they have a good running game, um, and they've been opportunistic when they needed to be in the passing game. So I was like, ah, they'll be fine, they'll be all right, they'll be good to go, and. What I watched happen uh, out there um, on Saturday evening, last Saturday, um, was a team that completely forgot what their identity was. Um, And, you know, defensively, I thought they were okay. Um, Veyer, to his um, credit, the quarterback for Pittsburgh, the the young man that got his first start against UofL, made some plays. Um, And to his credit, he was able to go out there and make some plays in the passing game, especially in those type of weather conditions. Which is be to be commendable, but the issue was he got his um, confidence. He didn't really get his confidence going big time until the second half. Uh, You know, the 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 second quarter, the end end of the second quarter, and then ultimately through the second half is when that young man really started to get his confidence. But the reason he was able to get his confidence is because the Louisville offense was just terrible. Um, You know, turnover after turnover. Jack Plummer once again as a six-year senior, turning the ball over so much. I I know he has eight interceptions this year, but I'm not sure how many fumbles he has. Jack has at least three or four fumbles to go along with those eight interceptions. So you're talking about a young man that's been responsible for 11 or 12 turnovers at the most important position on the field at the quarterback position. And that just cannot happen. Um, You know, that's not to talk about the offensive game plan because I'll get into that in a little bit. But just off the top, the simple fact that you go out there and you have a young man who's charged with um, ball security, taking care of the ball, and, you know, making sure that, especially when you go out on the road where Louisville – we knew that Louisville had played uneven games and that they had had struggles on the road. They went down there, they figured out a way to win after struggling against Georgia Tech. They went out there and figured out how to hold on to a win after getting up big in the first half against Indiana – but then, you know, kind of struggling down the stretch. We saw them go on the road and figure out how to win after struggling offensively against uh, NC State. And I figured that we understood what this Louisville team was on offense at this point, uh, going into your fourth road game uh, on the road at That We understood that this was a, you know, Jack Plummer is a guy that you don't want to put too much on his shoulders. You don't want to ask him to do too much in the passing game. You want him to be able to manage the game and really, really lean on your defense and really, really lean on the running game uh, to, to kind of help you get home. But for whatever reason, in this game um, where the, the running game was not bad, um, you know, uh, Isaac Garindo as well as Maurice Turner both played well. Turner was averaging almost seven yards per carry, um, doing an excellent job. Um, but Louisville didn't lean on that. Both of those guys combined only had about 20 carries in the game. Um, and you know, Louisville wanted to go out there and pass the ball a lot. Um, and I just don't understand, especially in, you know, I, Louisville had not played well with Plummer passing the ball too much, even in, you know, perfect conditions. You know, when you're talking about going and playing in, in, uh, you know, inside in dome arenas in Atlanta and in, uh, Indianapolis and then playing in, you know, beautiful, perfect weather uh, at NC State. Even in the perfect conditions, Plummer was not great when he had to go out there and do too much passing the ball. But for some reason, Coach Brahms saw something in that Pittsburgh defense to where he thought he could take advantage of Pit- the Pittsburgh secondary. And even though the conditions were not perfect, and even though their are conditions where it's difficult to pass the ball, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, he just kind of got stuck on – trying to make, you know, Jack Plummer, I don't know if he was trying to make him the hero necessarily, but just Plummer factored in a lot more to that game. Ultimately ended up with 52 pass attempts. Now, I understand that, you know, after the pick six and Pittsburgh, you know, returns that and, and, you know, we go from down four to down 11, that kind of changed the calculus and Louisville wanted to go out there and, um, pass the ball to try to get back in the game. But even before that, there was just too much put into having to pass the ball when you could just run the ball. It's just like at the, the, you know, but case in point, Louisville did not play well, especially in that second quarter, but they found a way to to have the, uh, 21, 14 lead going into the half. (coughs) Excuse me. Goodness gracious. Um, they had the twenty to, 21-14 lead. They had the seven-point lead going into half. They were getting the ball coming out of halftime. Uh, so they come out the second half. Um, you know, first down, second down, third down. They get stopped just short. You know, it's third and one, third and inches. But they have the seven-point lead. Ve'er, while he played decently in the uh, first half, um, had a, a nice drive. Louisville's defense was able to kind of shut them down the last couple of drives of the first half. So, yes. You're upset, you're frustrated because you uh, didn't get the first down, you were so close to getting the first down because you really wanted to get points coming out of the second half and really put some distance between you and Pittsburgh, make it a two-possession game. But you know what? It didn't happen. That's when you punt the ball, especially because you had the fourth down and won at your own 35. So literally, if you don't make the first down, you're guaranteeing that Pittsburgh's already in field goal range. You know, and against a team that you really weren't able to sack the quarterback, you just don't want to give them free points when you don't have to. This is when we couldn't get out of our own way. Uh, And that was the beginning of the end, was the fact that Louisville goes for it on fourth down. Um, They don't get it. um, Pretty much just give up a a gift three points, and now your seven-point lead is a four-point lead. Um, And then the the, the decision-making just got worse and worse as the game went along. Um, And this is where – we know that Louisville has leaned on their defense and leaned on their running game in second halves to kind of either steady the ship or to, you know, hold on against a very difficult opponent. And for whatever reason, we did not want to do that. We wanted to get overly aggressive. And this was kind of the first, um, signs of, you know, some of the things that we saw coach Bob do at Pittsburgh. You know, when you talk about Pittsburgh, Lord Jesus at Purdue, um, this was the first time that we kind of saw him get into that hard-headed mode, <laughs> like he did on the road at Syracuse, a game that, that uh, Purdue should not have lost last year. Where if Louisville just, or, excuse me, if if whew, if Purdue just runs the football, um, and just kind of leans into that, you know, punts the ball, does what they need to do, uh, and just kind of play the long game. They could have won the game. So if you know, rather than go for it, uh, you know, for fourth and one on your own thirty-five, if you punt that ball down there, punt the ball down, and, you know, inside the twenty, you know, maybe the fifteen, maybe it rolls to the ten. You you, know, you never know. Uh, but if you make Pittsburgh go the length of the field and you allow your defense to, you know, kind of get that stop, get Vayair off the field. Um, and then you get the ball back playing the field position game. Maybe you force the punt, and now you get the ball starting at the 35 or the 40 coming back off of a Kevin Coleman return, and now you're in business. Uh, You know, now you're back on the field. You have your offense back on the field. You're back on that running game. You're running clock, and you're making Pittsburgh have to fight to get back the long way up the hill. We basically gave them a head start and got them halfway up the damn mountain uh, before they even had to start running, um, and, and this was the issue. Like I, I just, it was just a, an a amazing turn for me because I really felt like Jeff Bob had done a wonderful job of understanding when he had to really um, take control of the game and orchestrate the game with his play calling. Um, and, and that's the one thing that I did not see him do uh, against Pittsburgh, where it just seemed like he was very, very impatient. It seemed like he was overly and unnecessarily aggressive and put Louisville in some very difficult spots because um, of him wanting to get that, you know, to to force feed the pass rather than just leaning on your running game, especially in those type of weather conditions that call for running game, defense, sloppy, low-scoring game, punt the ball, play defense, and get out of there with the win. So, I mean, it was definitely a missed opportunity. Um, it was definitely a situation where um, you're going to go back and you're going to watch that. That's going to be a game that sticks in the bugaboo, I might guess, of this coaching staff for a while because they they, they know they're better than that. I know they're better than that. You know they're better than that. Um, And it was just an unnecessary occurrence. I felt like everything that happened after a very shaky first half, the fact that Louisville could figure out a way to get back up, to get that seven-point lead, and to go into the break um, you know, with that 21-14 lead. I was like, okay, you know, it was shaky, um, it was ugly, this was way harder than it had to be, but we got here, we get the ball back to start the second half. Let's go ahead and impose our will and just get out of here. It doesn't necessarily matter. We're not playing for style points. As long as you get out 7-0 going into the bye week, we're good. And instead of, it just seemed like we wanted to throw the knockout blow and the haymaker you know like it just sometimes you're not going to be able to do that especially when it's rainy and windy and nasty and especially playing in that stadium Ackershire stadium slash hinesfield um just that just horrible footing i mean you had an offensive lineman renato brown get hurt in pregame game warm-ups i mean nothing good ever happens in pittsburgh like it's just it's a terrible miserable de- depressing place to play football you know their fans love it that's their identity But, I mean, in that type of situation, you just got to kind of batten up down the hatches, circle the wagons, and just fight. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be low scoring. It's going to be ugly. you got to play the field position game. you got to, you know, use your running game and your defense. It's a Charlie Strong game. You know, I know that Jeff Brown wants to get out there and and have those explosive offensive plays and do all that stuff, but the weather wasn't going to allow that. And, you know, unfortunately, Jack Plummer's not going to allow that because Jack Plummer's just not that dude. To go out there and just, say, just you know, put me on your back and I will take you to victory. That's not who he is, and I thought at this point everybody knew that's not who he was. I mean, the way Jeff Brown has called the second half of games, he called those games as if he understood that I have a game manager as a quarterback, not a go, a, a game winner. And that's okay. You don't have to have out. You don't have to have a guy that's going out there throwing the ball thirty or forty times and basically having to carry teams to victory. That's okay because you have a team that's complementary in the right places to be able to play that way. You know. So I mean, there's just no. There was no need for it. And it just it really felt unnecessary. So I think that it's definitely a situation where they're going to have to look at themselves in the mirror like Rocky was when he was driving his little sports car thinking about Apollo getting knocked out by the Russian. you got to look at yourself in the mirror, figure out who you are, figure out what you're going to do about it, and figure out how you're going to come back and make it right. And that's what Louisville's doing this week. They're looking at themselves in the mirror, figuring out how they can make it right because this was on them. This was not about Pittsburgh. This is not about Pittsburgh winning that game. This is about Louisville losing that game. Um, so, you know, that doesn't mean that they don't have everything in front of them, just like we talked about with uh, Wayne earlier. Um, Louisville still has everything in front of them. They have the ability to go out there, uh, still make the ACC championship game. Of course, now they need a little help. Um, so we're going to have to watch what goes on with some of these other teams. Um, so it, it's they definitely have made their road Uh, to get to Charlotte a lot more difficult. And, you know, it's definitely not a guarantee anymore, of course, because they have a loss. Um, So we're going to have to wait and see what happens with some of these other games. We're going to have to see what happens with Duke and FSU. Um, It would be wonderful if Duke could go on the road and get that that win against FSU on the road. Um, I would definitely appreciate that because Louisville, of course, gets Duke next weekend. So if Duke found a way to beat FSU and then Louisville beats Duke, um, there's a couple of the undefeated teams in the ACC that we don't have to worry about anymore. Um, you know, so that, then you're at least back on even footing uh, with those teams. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching, but Louisville still has an opportunity and they still have a chance to make things happen. Uh, you know, you don't, North Carolina is not losing, um, you know, so North Carolina plays uh, at home against 1-5 or UVA. So I just don't think there's any way, surely, North Carolina is still going to win. So there's still going to be um, at least a couple of undefeated teams in the ACC after this week, but there's still a lot of games to be played. Um, So, you know, I think you'll be okay uh, moving forward. You just have to go out there and handle your own business. And, you know, the Pittsburgh game was definitely a missed opportunity. Um, So, uh, you know, I I say all that to say – Everything, you know, that all is not lost. It's definitely about remembering who you are and getting back on the good foot. Because the one thing that I, I really and truly believe, while Jawahar Jordan is definitely the best team, um, you know, excuse me, the best running back on the team, um, there's no doubt that Maurice Turner and Isaac Garendo have the ability and the talent to be able to go out there and make things happen um, if Jaws can't go. And, and that's where... I need the coaching staff to have faith and understanding that, man, these guys can play, you know, and understanding that we don't have to just basically abandon the run game if Jarrett Jordan is not out there. Um, And that's the thing that we have to get back into. If Jordan's going to have this, you know, hamstring nagging, I'd rather him be healthy and you use those other guys so that when Jarrett does come back, he's ready to roll, um, you know, and just – Go out there and trust in the guys you have. And I thought that Louisville had that. So it was just an unfortunate uh, uh, situation for all. But it's okay uh, because I, I think that uh, they still can get this back. And it starts with the game uh, here at home. Uh, Louisville has four of their last five games uh, there at uh, l Cardinal Stadium, which is awesome. Uh, they have basically all of their road games except for the trip to Miami, Uh, the second-to-last game of the year. So there's a lot of opportunity for Louisville to build back some momentum and get back into that top 15 uh, with a couple of impressive performances. If they can go out there, knock off Duke, knock off Virginia, knock off Virginia Tech, uh, then you have the opportunity to put a little three-game win streak uh, together and go into that Miami game with looking for an opportunity um, to have your first double-digit regular season uh, uh, season, <laughs> uh, since joining the ACC, which would be a big time, big time accomplishment. So uh, everything is still in front of Louisville. I, I just hope that they can kind of shake it off. Don't allow one loss to turn into two because you're still in your own head about it. Uh, beating Duke will not be a small task, even, uh, with Leonard down, um, their, their quarterback. They went out there and handled, Uh, business last week. So this is a Duke team that's playing very, very good football. Um, That's why I'm very interested to see what they look like uh, without Riley Leonard on the road at at Florida State, if they can even make this close. Like, I I don't expect for Duke to win the game. Uh, FSU is at home. FSU is really good. Um, And Duke doesn't have their starting quarterback. But if they can go out there and keep this game close, if that defense makes Florida State work and, like, this is a close game, then I'm going to be really worried (laughs) about – Duke coming to Louisville the next week. But, you know, Jeff Brown coming off a bye week, I've got to think with this preparation and coming off that performance against Pittsburgh, I expect to see a fully invigorated uh, and very hungry football team uh, next Saturday. Um, So I definitely expect that Louisville is going to be ready for that Halloween weekend showdown uh, with Duke. Um, So, you know, this week is just all about getting back to basics. It's all about getting back, getting uh, your fundamentals together. You know, getting guys healthy. Um, you know, hopefully Renato Brown will be back. Um, hopefully Juar Jordan will be back. Um, hopefully whatever the nicks and bruises that uh, Jamari Thrash is dealing with, hopefully he can go ahead and get those done as well. Um, because definitely need to see those guys going full bore. Um, and, and just, you know, really, really uh, finding a way to get that momentum back. And the great thing is you have a big-time matchup. You're going to likely be playing a top-25-ranked Duke team. I think even if Duke loses to Florida State, I don't see them dropping out of the polls um, if they lose the game. Uh, So more than likely, you're going to have a top-25 matchup uh, next week with Duke. So, you know, I mean, that's a big game. It's a big game to to really kind of get you focused because you have to kind of turn the page from that loss. Uh, This team has continued to talk about one-game seasons and continued to talk about, you know, just putting – Uh, not worrying about what happened the week before and not worrying about what's happening uh, in the future, just kind of focusing on that opponent. So um, I am encouraged and I think that Louisville is going to be able to get back on the good foot. Um, So hopefully those guys are getting it done. So, you know, we'll we'll see. Um, It it was definitely not perfect. Um, It was definitely leaving a lot to be desired, Um, you know, but I I think that Louisville – Uh, We'll get back. And Jeff Brom, this is the beautiful thing about it. You know, this is not one of those things where it's an indictment on the season. Uh, This is not one of those things where um, this is some (laughs) sign of things to come that we can't trust them. I have full belief that Jeff Brom has got this thing under control and he's got this thing rolling. Um, You know, I I don't think there's any cause for concern or alarm or or any of that stuff. Um, I, I think that they're definitely ready Um, to continue to climb, they're ahead of schedule. The fact that Jeff Brown is going to have that opportunity um, to possibly have a 10-win season in his first year at the Louisville Cardinals is absolutely amazing, and that's outstanding. So I'm super excited, Um, and I know everybody is. Nobody really... Even though the, the loss was frustrating there wasn't anybody jumping off bridges or getting all upset or just killing the coach and staff yeah I mean I can say that the coach and staff got out coached in that game but I'm still so just thrilled about where where Louisville is and where they they are moving forward so we'll see is jack Plummer the guy um I don't know you know i I don't know if he's the guy um you know will will they look to maybe get some other guys involved over the bye week there's a possibility I know Jeff Bob has always been one of those guys that's not suffered for having bad quarterback play and especially not taking care of the ball and turning it over so if there was an opportunity for guys to get out there it wouldn't surprise me I'll say that but I do think that Jack Plummer probably still is the best option right now but I would not be upset with seeing some other guys get some reps with that Hey, we're going to go ahead and take our last break of the day. This is Wake Up 502. This is Rashad Myers, and this is Big X Sports Radio. We'll be back on the Big X. segment of the show, Wake Up 502, 96.1 FM. This is The Big X, and this is Wake Up 502 with Rashad Myers. And now joined by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Ace is the Haven Hanson. Haven, how you doing this morning? Well, well, you'd be doing better if I could uh, hear you on the microphone. Hold on, let's see. You said, I heard you talking. Try that again, Haven hey, Hanson. Can you hear me now, kind sir? I can, I can. That is definitely not the black, black mic. That was, uh, I don't know, maybe black mic's not working. But, uh, that's all right. We got you on there. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing really well on this Saturday morning. Ready to get some work in. Ready to watch some football. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. This it's, it's going down. You know, we got a whole lot going on. Uh, now, give me your thoughts on, on the, the – we were just talking about Louisville-Pittsburgh. Just kind of give me your thoughts on what you saw, um, you know, from from, from Pittsburgh, the, the Pittsburgh game, and kind of, you know, get your thoughts going into the bye. Just, just kind of just in general.
1: You know, I I think this team has to get back to basics. You know, what I saw in Pittsburgh was a team that has relied on this rushing attack to kind of stabilize the offense. And, you know, Jack Plummer has been a a very good uh, game manager, right? A guy who can get you a good 15 to 20 good passes a game. Uh, you know, type of quarterback. What I saw in Pittsburgh was, <laughs> for some reason, Jeff decided to just rely on the right arm of Jack Plummer in a driving rainstorm in horrible conditions for whatever reason. I I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess he looked at the film and thought Pittsburgh really wasn't all that good. And you watch some of the film, I can kind of see why he would think that, why, you, you know, you think that even though Jack may not be the most consistent of quarterbacks and sometimes most accurate quarterbacks so he could at least tune up his defense but maybe with the weather the conditions and things of that nature uh i think he should have relied on running back new grendo and those guys were doing a great job of just running the ball down the down pittsburgh's throat and i thought that we just should have kept doing that for most of the game especially with the weather being what it was what it what it was but you know i think this would be a learning experience uh Braum is now 0-4 after, you know, being a top-10 team in big games. Uh, and that's something that he's going to have to figure out, like how does he get his team prepared, you know, after big games so there's not such a big emotional letdown, uh, you know, that it can come and perform the next week. And Pittsburgh should be one of those teams that they should have easily uh, defeated. But, you know, like I said, you know, these things that you have to learn, and we'll see what, what the Cards learn as they going to come to take on Duke next week.
0: I like it. I like it. I, I we might have to try another. You sound a little hollow on uh, on that mic. I don't know. Is that? I think I think there's only what the two microphones in there. You got the black and the red, right? Ain't ain't a third mic in there. I don't know. I don't know. That, that that mic sounds a little iffy, but I guess we're all right. I'm I'm, I'm about to switch microphones. Give me just like two seconds. Uh, all right, we We're gonna see. We are gonna switch microphones. Let, let, let me know. Let's see. I'm just gonna turn all the microphones on. Let's see. We're going to try all these microphones. G- g- give me a test whenever you can. Look, we're doing this live on the air, people. <laughs> all right, test one, two. That's it. Go, go. So say
1: test one, two again. Test one, two again.
0: Mm. Well, let me get there one more time. You hear me now. Can yeah, you me? well, you're you still a little hollow, but It's all, right. it's all good. Yeah, just stay stay right there, brother. Just stay right there. You're good. But I tell you what, let's go ahead. Y'all know what time it is. We're going to go ahead. We know we got that music ready. <laughs> Leanne, hey, Leanne, Leanne, how are you doing this morning, ma'am? Good morning, Sean. It's great always to be on the air with the Wake Up 502 say It's not game
3: day, no matter where you are, unless I'm on the radio with you. I know the cards are off this week, getting a little on and off after that uh, interesting, you know, a big heartbreak last time in Pittsburgh on the road, but plenty of stuff going on, a lot of big games. Uh, you know,
0: to talk about this week. Absolutely. Yeah, we got a whole lot to get into. It's all right. The Cardinals kind of, you know, they, they, they didn't hold up the end of the bargain land. You know, they got to take the loss, the tough loss on, on the road at Pitt. But that's all right. That's all right. There's still a lot to get into, still a lot of football to be played. Um, you know, so I think ultimately uh they'll be all right they'll be all right but like you said there's so many things going on so many huge games happening um you know i'm gonna i'm actually gonna open the floor to you what are what is leanne watching for what games are you interested in um this weekend and 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 we'll kind of go from there i always i usually direct and ask you uh what games and and ask you the question but i'm gonna let you direct it What, what games are you looking at or looking forward to this weekend
3: like I said, a lot of big games, a lot of interesting games. But before we get into the games, I want to talk about real briefly, uh, just more, uh, well, yesterday, the card's off a little recruiting news that I know Louisville fans oh, yes, are going to be please. watching. for. Uh, check out 2025 Kobe Howard. Uh, he's the four-star wide receiver uh, out of Western High School um, out in Florida. The Cardinals just offered him, man, this kid is an explosive, speedy receiver. And, you know, I want to film real quick this morning, you know, He's just one of those kids that, that you can tell that it that would be a great get for Louisville. has an offer sheet, 28 offers in plus, and probably every P-5 program. I actually had a chance to uh, to talk to Kobe this morning before we got on the air, just kind of talk about his Louisville offer. So I just want to share, you know, if the Louisville fans get excited, start checking him out. Um, he said it, it meant a lot to him um, that a school like Louisville recognizes his talent. Um, they have a really good P-5 program. He feels really blessed to receive the offer. You know, I talked about how the communication, everything's been going. He said since it's a fresh offer, uh, they have, there hasn't been much communicating, but he said he would like to come visit, um, you know, the bill soon, start building a relationship down there. Uh, he's got a lot, like I said, he's a really high, he's a really thought out recruit right now, so as far as, you know, he talked about his visits and his schedule, he probably won't be able to block in anything right now this fall, but he looks he looks to get to the bill, you know, um, during the spring and summer visits, so... Kobe Howard, 2025, 4 star receiver, fresh offer off Louisville Cardinals. Like I said, uh, athletes are just wrong, but man, they're definitely rec- uh, working on the recruiting trail. So this will be a huge, huge uh, potential target that um, the cards, the cards, want to watch out for. So it was great talking with him. Really excited about the offer. But like I said, Cardinal fans start watching Western High School football uh, and watch out for wide receiver Kobe Howard in 2025.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you just bringing up the wide receiver. Uh, you know that position Uh, another young man Jojo Stone uh, was a kid that Louisville was very very interested in before he committed to LSU Uh, well he did decommit from LSU so that definitely raised some eyebrows uh, amongst the Cardinal fans, wondering if Louisville still got a shot. This is a kid that has posted a lot of pictures of himself in Louisville gear and Louisville T-shirts over the weeks and uh, months, even after he committed to LSU. He still was uh, seen several times on social media with Louisville gear on. Have you heard anything about JoJo Stone uh, after his recent decommitment? Are, are there, should Louisville fans be ke- keeping an eye on that, or you know, do you have any intel on JoJo?
3: You know, he's, like you said, he's a really electric kid. We're going to, you know, I haven't heard any more updates, but obviously yes. when you see kids uh, posting their gear in Louisville, they're, they're, you know, they're back out on the market, you know, they're always going to go where they feel loved and welcomed. And, and I, you know, like I said, Louisville has attracted so many top recruits. And like I said, this, and before we go into the games and everything, this Duke and FSU game is probably one of the biggest state as far as recruitment that we're going to have this oh, weekend. Absolutely. I, I, I got a whole list <laughs> of offers going into this game man, it's electric! four stars, a few five stars, you know. So this is the time of the season we're going to see a lot of kids like Stone, you know, trying to test the waters and everything. It's not that they're not happy or they don't like the schools, but it goes back to being a fit. And Louisville, you know, with schools like Newham and everything on the rise, uh, you know, Jeff Brown is setting a really big stage, and, you know, everybody's going to be watching that Duke FSU game down in Louisville tonight because it has a lot of implications. What happens there, you know, could affect a lot of what goes down. Not just next week in Louisville, you know, when Duke comes, Comes into town, but also on that recruiting trail. So, you know, I think Stone. I think Louisville is, is going to push hard on a kid like Stone. Obviously, he's shown interest. So, I expect him. I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if we see Stone out in Louisville, back um, for some of the next game. I mean, that would be the smart play to bring Absolutely. him down and, and get him back interested in before you know that December early signing period.
0: Absolutely, I know. I totally agree, especially with the signing period is going to be coming up. Uh, you know, before too long. Definitely want to try to get those kids done early. I I, I like the early signing period. I know, you know, uh, some football coaches are annoyed with it just because they, uh, they don't have that uh, those additional couple of months to kind of do the whole flip thing. But, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely some things to keep out for. But uh, definitely let's go ahead and get into those games. I know we have a couple of top. You got some top ten matchups. You know, you got some other top twenty five matchups. Uh, you know, are, are you looking at? I mean, I know Penn State, Ohio State. To me, that simply is the is that the one of the ones near the top of your list. Well, what What are you thinking about that? Like, what well, what what games uh, pique your interest the most? Is it the SEC matchup, Tennessee, Alabama? Is it the Big Ten matchup with Penn State, Ohio State? What are you looking for? The most. They're like, like well, what game are you well, most excited
3: you, since about? Since you brought it up, most, uh, those games are the ones I'm looking for. Like I said, a lot of these games are going to see these weeks, especially, you know, out in the ACC and especially in the Big Ten, you know, they're, they're, they're do or die kind of situation. They're elimination matches. So let's go right into that Penn State 6 0 going into Ohio State 6 yes. 0. Uh, that's a really big game, I think, in the Big Ten. You know, something's obviously going to leave with the loss. Is it going to be, is Penn State going to be able to, you know, trump Ohio State? You know, the, the Nitty Lions have, have won all six games. They've not only done that, but if you're talking from a betting perspective, they covered each and, uh You know, they've had two shutouts this season, 31-0 against Iowa, and, you know, of course, UMass against 53. You know, but, again, it's UMass. Um, the Penn State defense has done phenomenal, just only allowing, 90, uh-huh. but, you know, 193 yards, total yards per game. Uh, they've just been sensational, and they rank number one in the nation right now. And they got the Buckeyes coming over, top of Notre Dame, 7-14, that one track and touchdown, you know, start out the season and just kept rolling against Maryland in a heated battle. Um, and, you know, that, that win over Purdue last week, you know, covering that 17-point cover, which I thought was a little bit much. But, hey, you know, things happen. So I think it's going to be a really, a, a really interesting big matchup. I think it's going to be close, you know, as far as the, as the overall scope of it. I think these two realize that, you know, they're, they're, playing, they're playing hard, they're playing a win. But, but I like Penn State in this one. I, I like Penn State to cover. I think I have them at five and a half. I I mean five. I don't know if you have them over. Looks like it are uh, uh, over. Over Caesar Sportsbook. Yes. Caesar I, sport, I, I, is I like this, Penn State in this one. I just feel like their, their defense has been solid and, and they just don't how to close games. but I, I like Penn State to cover in this
0: one. Yeah yeah I, and you know what I, I am right there with you. Uh, Caesar Sportsbook actually has a bet down to uh, Ohio State minus four. Um, it is where it's sitting at a, as of this morning. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I I just keep waiting for uh, Ohio State. Seems like one of those teams that they've been playing well this year. But you know, coming off uh, you know losing their quarterback to the NFL, um, they've just kind of they've been okay. But I just keep waiting for that other shoe to drop and them to kind of have um, you know kind of that not necessarily fall apart uh, game, but just a game where they just don't necessarily make the plays that they need to win. Like they, they've gotten it done, but I don't know if I can trust them yet. I agree with you. The Penn State uh, defense has been playing really, really well. I don't know if this is the week where they get it done. Um, that four points scare me just because I have seen this matchup before, and I have seen Ohio State, when I don't believe in them, <laughs> like come out there and just blow the doors off people. Um, so at home, I think if Ohio State loses, my guess is their first loss is going to be on the road. While wow, that four point number scares me because I could definitely see a field goal to win it um, for the Buckeyes, I, I'm gonna say give me Ohio State and I'll lay those four points. Um, Haven, what are you thinking on this one?
1: Man, after watching Ryan Day get me all hyped up on game day, <laughs> I don't know how you can go against the greatness that is Ohio State. With from what I heard, they had the, like the second greatest band in the land, so. No. Is that, is that what they say? Uh but you know what? <laughs> I'm just I'm just not a, a big believer in Ryan Day. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know it's like thirty four and two against his big Ten competition, which is a, a phenomenal record. Um uh, but I'm I, I'm not a big believer, but I'm still gonna take Ohio State at the point. So they're playing at home. They are probably the best wide receiver in all of college football. I think I have good enough quarterback play to get it done. I am about to go at the Buckeyes and the points.
0: There we go. There we go. All right, Leanne. So, so what what are you thinking about this SEC matchup? It's the CBS. It's the glitz. It's the glory. You know, it's the 330 kick, you know, which is kind of the signature kick for the SEC. Uh, Tennessee on the road at Alabama. Alabama's still undefeated. Even though it seems like everybody has just kind of dismissed and said that Alabama's done and, you know, like they just I, I they just have. I don't know if the Texas game just really hindered the ability for people to believe in Alabama anymore. But you know, I feel like the the reports of Alabama's demise have been—you know—I <laughs> think it's been—it was a little premature. I mean, because they've done nothing but win since then. What are you thinking about this when the Tide are laying nine points at home? They—they they are a nine-point favorite. That seems like a very big line. Uh, for this one. What are you thinking about this one?
3: You know, like you said, Bama, I think a lot of times with Bama, when they, when, I mean, they're still running the SEC the West right now, despite, yeah. you know, how they've played, and I think there's always like, that Bama factor that they comparison. to, you know, the teams have passed. but like you said, Nick Saban still finds a manager way to create his way off topic, playoff top. The, you know, the playoff picture, conference titles and everything, not even with the, with the best players, which are still pretty damn good players, and in my opinion on, on both yeah, sides of so the ball. This is gonna be a gritty game because I mean this is essentially a for Tennessee and for Bam all or nothing. It's an elimination eliminate elimination game for both sides of the ball. Mm. I mean we're talking about they this is whoever got wins is not going to football playoffs but a lot of people would have to lose I and mean, then you gotta think about it. Two S C P losses are not gonna put either one of these teams in the in the championship. So this is this is gonna be a gritty ugly game in Tuscaloosa, and you know, Tennessee's won three straight uh, dropped in the last one at uh, 29-16 you know, early in the season but man, they've been playing on fire, it hasn't been the best thing, I mean, the bowl that we were talking about, the bowl, you know, making a run they're still a really good team, just like Alabama still a really good team uh, you know, they found a way to win and, and Nick, that's the thing about Nick Saban, his depth is just so extensive that even his not so talented players, you know, uh, on a and um, they still come out to perform. And, he's ha- and, he had to, uh, and Alabama's had some early off-season struggles. But, again, they've been able to score 24 more points in the last four and, uh, you know, hit it. But, but as much as I hate to say this, I know we're playing in Tuscaloosa, but I think Tennessee is going to have a game. And for those nine points, I'm going to go with the Bulls. You know, everybody knows how I feel about the Bulls, or, Bulls but when you look on paper and you look how they're playing and, and what this matchup is going to cost, I'm going to go with Tennessee. I'm going to go with the Bulls to cover and possibly pull up an upset in Tuscaloosa.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. That's just too many points to me. I like. I, I think that the Tide are probably going to win the game, but that nine points just seems like a lot, so give me Tennessee. I'll take those nine points as well. I agree with you. Uh, Haven. What are you thinking about this one? You know,
1: I'm about to say something really controversial, but <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway, right? I think this is actually a down year for the SEC, and a lot of teams are down, including Bama, but Bama's the best of the down teams, um, and I think that's why they're still getting the love. They're still undefeated because even though it's a, it's a down year, they're all they're still the best of the best. And I know nine points is a lot, is a whole lot, but I think Bama's kind of beginning to find their stride. I think the time probably to take down the King was probably early in the year when they're sketchy, when they're still looking for that quarterback. Um, I'm going to take them to nine points. I wow. think they're going to cover
0: it. There we go. Haven Harrington taking Alabama and laying them nine. I hear you. Believing in your, your crimson tie. <laughs> I like it. No, I agree with you. It definitely seems like Alabama started to steady their feet. So uh, I, I don't have an issue with that. I, I agree with you. I think that it's one of those things where – um, you know, if you were going to get them, they were definitely shaky for a couple of weeks coming off of it. Unfortunately, against Le'Anne's Ole Miss Rebs, seemed like when that's when they got their mojo back all the way. And It just seemed like after they knocked off Ole Miss, they came into that day, everybody talking about Ole Miss was going to beat Alabama and Kiffin was going to get it done. What happened, Le'Anne? They just had one job, beat Saban, and they couldn't do it. I'm just messing with you.
3: <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just one of those things it just it didn't work out. Like, the, the play column wasn't, you know, and I agree with my friend. It's a controversial say, thing to say, but, you know, the SEC is having a down year conference overall wise. I mean, there's still a lot of contenders in there, but when you look at the conferences right now that are dominating, who are ranked if they consist, and they consistent, we're talking about the ACC, you know, we're even talking, even though it's Iron's way, right, you know, the PAC. I mean, the, if you look at the top, top five teams in each of those conferences right now, they're ranked. Mm-hmm. And they're ranked, you know, about, you know, top 25 and, and, you know, higher to the top. So, like I said, the you know, Bama's trying to salvage what it can. Uh, and it's still, you know, despite, like you said, it's playing what they're playing. But, you know, almost got a really good game today heading out to Auburn because right now they're, they're uh, they got LSU in front of them in the West and they got Alabama. Of course, LSU's playing Army. They should win that one. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Bama, like I said, Bama's playing for everything right now, the West and, and still, uh, you know, a, t- a champ in the. In the you know, the CFP. So it's going to be an interesting weekend for the Homeless Miss Rebels to try to stay alive in the West against Albert, A form of four and he frees.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they got, you know, Hugh Freeze used to be on the other side of that, you know, that situation. But, yeah, it's, it's a big game. I would expect that Ole Miss is going to get that taken care of, even though Auburn is good, pretty good at home. They're, they're a lot better at home than they are on the road. They're having a, a tough year, 0-3 in the SEC. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, I think the Reps will get that one done. Uh, well, let's talk about the, the matchup. We talked about it. Uh, we touched on it earlier. Um, the, the big matchup in the uh, uh, ACC, Duke traveling on the road down there to Tallahassee to take on F- FSU, you know, the the Florida State, of course, as you would expect, 14-point favorite, um, laying two touchdowns there. Um, You know, do you think Duke can keep it close that they were impressive last week uh, in their first win with Leonard down after the injury? Uh, What are you thinking about this one, Leanne, or is this going to be a bunch of uh, chops and, uh, you know, Florida State goes home happy without too much to worry about?
3: You know, I think that Duke is a, I never thought we'd be seeing Duke ranked this high, going five and one, two and zero yeah. in conference. You know, heading into Bill Campbell with this kind of record, playing the way they can. I mean, they played fire last week. Of course, they were fresh, coming off, coming off the fire week. You know, taking a Georgia State twenty-four-three. I mean, they've they they've had a really decent run day, and the defense has been a lot better than we've seen it these years. And I think yeah. that's what's held up. Now they're going to play in they're going to play on the road it's going to be tough. I mean, to, to be able to hold up that 14-point or fewer, they've been able to hold up against other opponent, opponents this you know, season. And Florida State Florida State just brings a more versatile offense. I mean, they rate in yards to rush. They have the whole package. They come out, and last week I think they cranked out like 535 total, uh, total yards in the, in the win over Syracuse. You know, they just they found ways to win. This is going to be a tough matchup. You know, Duke's defense, like I said, has been playing a lot better than it has. It's graced but at the same time, they haven't played something with a virtual offense like, uh, like Florida State. This is going to be, I think, one of the biggest matchups of the weekend. Not only because it's going to shape the ACC, but it's going to set up a really interesting matchup next week when Louisville hosts um, you know, at home, uh, you know, in the the and everything. Mm-hmm. But I but I like just to keep it close. 14 points is a lot. I think this is going to be a closer matchup. I think FSU is going to play smart in this one because they want to. They're, you know, they're sitting at number four right now. So as much as you want to be explosive, you also want to play smart. You're going to take some risks, but you got to keep, you got to play close to the vest. I think that's what we're going to see yes, FSU do. Um, because, you know, Duke is, Duke is coming to spoil party. That's a Joe Campbell. And, and, they're going to, and they're going to come to play. And like I said, they, you know, never did we think we're going to be talking about Duke this high up, you know, playing well in the ACC so I like I like Duke to cover, but I think that's what he's going to get it done. I just think that they 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 have more in their playbook as far as offense, but they're going to run down a, a solid, but not but not a strong Duke defense. So I like Duke on the I like Duke on the points, but but I like Florida State to continue to take care of business at home.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. It's a lot of points for me just because I do think that Duke defense is playing well, and I've seen this Florida State team when they play against a physical defense, they don't necessarily play. As well, um, you know that's been one of the things—the physicality with FSU. Um, you know, teams that are very physical with them, they can tend to get a little shaky in terms of their offensive uh, execution. Um, I, I do think that the Florida State will win. I can see them winning this game by seven to ten points, but fourteen's a little bit too much uh, for me to be laying in a game where I think both defenses are going to probably. Um, dominate uh so yeah give, give me uh Duke I'll take those 14 points uh I'm right there with you haven what do you think you know what I think Duke is the better
1: coach team I like I think they're actually a lot better coach than uh than Florida State I think a lot more discipline I think Duke uh will be able to uh kind of slow down this mighty Florida State Seminole attack but with all that being said, without the trigger man, uh, Riley Leonard, who is, as of, I think, this morning, he's projected, like, not to play. You know, without your trigger man, it's going to be hard going to Tallahassee against a hyped-up crowd and, and beating a hyped-up Jordan Travis and everybody else.
0: I'm taking Florida State in the 14 Wow. Get it
1: done and get it done big.
0: There we go. There we go. Haven Harrington. I love Haven Harrington. This, the, 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 uh, the guy on the opposite side of a lot of these conversations today. I like it, Haven. I like. I feel the energy you're bringing. Well, I know we're rushing towards the end. Uh, Leanne, you got, what, what uh, other quick picks you got for us when we get you out of here? Uh,
3: one game that's going back to the SEC I think is really going to be, I call it my weird game of the weekend, that South Carolina-Mizzou game. You know, Mizzou up the ranks, sitting in number three right now in the East. Of course, if they win this one, they got Florida ahead of them and Georgia. So, I mean, we could be talking about if Tennessee falls and. And Mizzou, you know, they could be up there, you know, get, you know play, going for the East here. Uh, I, I, that's going to be a weird game. Uh, the, the South Carolina, I always find a way to spoil the party, uh, even though they're not doing too hot. But I'm going to take, um, take, uh, take South Carolina on the side. I think Mizzou is going to come up and keep rolling. But this is my weird game of the week, because I just feel like it's just South Carolina, and Mizzou, where they stand. But, man, this, this game could take up the SEC and even the STFP picture. So I'm going to take, take South Carolina on the points and then, uh, number eight Texas on the road at Houston a huge round um, Texas of course is a favorite I had at 23 and a half but I'm going to run with Houston Houston's always been, they haven't been doing half this season but, but I like I like Houston to, to wake up this weekend. and gonna, that's going to be one of my lost picks is uh, Houston covers 23 over five, uh, 23 and a half over the Texas Longhorns at home at, at, at this
0: weekend there we go well appreciate it uh, Leanne Herring TheRebelWalk.com make sure you check out everything she's doing Football picks big time into recruiting. Definitely appreciate it, as always, Leanne. Thank you so much. Hi, Ty, and Elsa see you all next week. There we go. There we go. Appreciate it. There, Leanne Harry taking care of us, as always. She knows a little bit about football, Haven, just a, just a little bit. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> but, hey, I, I know we are we are rushing towards our close, but I definitely would be remiss if I did not ask you, Haven Harrington. Thoughts on the basketball scrimmage before we get out of here? Got about, about 30, 45 seconds.
1: Right, 33 seconds. All right, I will say this. A lot of nice pieces on Louisville's team. Uh, I like Evans a lot. I like the fact that he plays within himself. He knows what he can and can't do, and he's okay with that. Uh, to me that that is huge. Anytime you have a player that kind of plays within themselves, knows their strengths and weaknesses. Uh, Curtis Williams, I think can be like a real, real nice player. Uh, going forward. Uh, at the end of the day, man, I I think it's just gonna be one of these things where you gotta get these turnovers in Shaq. I mean, you gotta find what he.